which happened in, in recent days in, in the first instance, right? There's a wave of uh, Hong Kong or China, uh, to a lesser extent, Taiwan, celebrity spokespeople who, who broke their contracts and saying, I'm not going to represent mm. this company, which is not going to buy. If the company says they're not going to buy cotton from Xinjiang, I'm going to take the Chinese side. Uh, so that was a win for, for China, and it certainly mm. uh, was a win for the celebrity spokespeople have, who see their future with the Chinese market. Have we got to get used to this? Are we going to see this sort of economic coercion on the mainland increase? Again, it's, it's very likely because there, there's a, a large number of potential incidents that uh, you know, we see parliamentarians, for example, around the world very aggressive now uh, pointing things out that they don't like about China's domestic or foreign policies. Uh, NGO world is, is, of course, very vigilant to these things as well. Uh, so there's constantly going to be things that people point out, whether it's related to labor rights, religious freedom, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, in a country where, where the corporate world and the, the, the government have a very inflammatory relationship is easy to identify corporates as well and say, well, this Chinese company is involved in something that we don't like. Mm. Uh, and then it, it really becomes a similar situation to those that we're seeing in recent days. Ross, thanks very much indeed. That's Ross Feingold, Business Development Director at SafePro Group. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Final look at the markets for this week in Australia. The SX200 is up about uh, 0.4% right now. The K225 has advanced three quarters of a percent in Japan. Uh, the Cosby also up three quarters of a percent in South Korea and over in Hong Kong. Looks like the market is going to open with gains of about 190, 200 points on the Hang Seng later on. Money Talk will be back next Wednesday after the Easter and Qingming Festival holidays. In the meantime, I'll be here tomorrow from 6 to 10 in the morning and on Monday from 10 a.m. to 2pm with some special holiday shows full of music, guests and chat so please do join me for that. In the meantime from all of us on the Money Talk team have a very happy Easter. Back chats coming up in a moment with Hugh Chiverton and Nixie Lamb. The weather forecast sunny periods, isolated showers at first, hot during the day. Maximum temperature is going to be about 30 degrees and the outlook persistently hot with sunny periods during the weekend it's 26 degrees right now 82% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Todd Harding with the half-hour news. Residents of more than a dozen flats at a block in Saingpun were moved to quarantine centres overnight after a COVID-19 case there. Steve Dunthorne has this report. The 25-year-old patient lives directly above a flat in the Kwan Yik building, where three residents were earlier diagnosed with COVID-19. After inspecting the building, infectious disease expert Yuan Kwak Young said he believed that the virus could have spread vertically through the air. Everyone living in the flats directly above and below the patient, from the second floor up, has been sent to quarantine. All other residents in the same block have been ordered to take a test. The building was subject to an overnight lockdown a fortnight ago, during which the man tested negative. Health officials say he first showed symptoms on Monday, and the earlier test may have come during the incubation period. He was the only local case yesterday. There were five imported cases from the Philippines, the United States and Turkey. China has again rejected attempts to sanction the military leaders of Myanmar at an emergency meeting of the UN Security Council. Its envoy said the move would only aggravate tensions. The emergency meeting was called by Britain after more than 100 protesters opposed to February's coup were killed on Saturday. Speaking before the meeting, the US ambassador to the UN, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, again condemned the violence in Myanmar. What the military is doing in Burma to the people of Burma, 
the violence, the attacks, the killings of children, uh, they're appalling. And, uh, and they are unacceptable. So we can't just uh, uh, step back and allow this to happen. We have to keep pushing forward. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chivert and your co-host today is Nixie Lamb. Nixie, good morning to you. Good morning. Today, electoral changes and the pro-establishment, plus latest developments in Myanmar. After massive changes to LegCo, who gets the power in Hong Kong? What effect will the rewriting of the laws have, in particular, on different pro-establishment groups, including the traditional pro-establishment political parties like the DAB, the professionals, the tycoons, United Front's grass organization, grassroot organisations, what about the Hongi Cook and emerging political groups like the Bauhinia Party? Will, for example, the new convener of the election committee who's going to be a state leader, presumably one of the two ex-CEs, hold the whip hand. Will he in fact beat Carrie Lam's boss? The committee will also have more than 400 seats chosen by mainland affiliated bodies, or indeed bodies coming directly under the Communist Party as well as mainland enterprises or groups that have other ties to the mainland, including 110 to be filled by Hong Kong members of relevant national organisations. Will they simply do what they're told by Beijing? If so, why bother? And where is the law Oil trash. Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk. Or you can call us, and our number is 233 After 9.15, we're going to be talking about the latest situation in Myanmar. Um, let's kick off just with a couple of uh, emails related to... Uh, discussion yesterday, which included uh, Emily Lau. Uh, Ernest says, Dear Backchat, it's so tiresome listening to Emily Lau once again fail to recognise the tragic incompetence of the pan-democratic movement in Hong Kong since the handover. We are all now paying the price for their strategic failures and delusional sense of mission. The pan-democrats failed to criticise the radical localists and the violent protesters because they knew full well that the localists hate and despise them, and therefore in future elections the opposition vote would have been split between localists and pan-democrats. This allowed the pro-Beijing side to accuse the pan-democrats of localist and pro-independence sympathies. Result, no more open elections. A particular low point was Claudia Mo posing with protesters in their riot gear. What a bunch of clowns. That is from Ernest. And James says, three cheers for democracy, three cheers for Emily. She almost makes me cry with her endless faith and passion tinged with such Sadness. That's from James. Joining us now, we have John Burns, who's an emeritus professor, honorary professor in the Department of uh, Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Chris Young will be joining us later in the programme after nine o'clock. Uh, John Burns, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much indeed for, for joining us. So as I say, we wanted to kind of focus on, on a pro-establishment where power will shift in, in the pro-establishment. You've had, in, you know, in the past uh, uh, all these various uh, elements. I touched on some of the, the people like the, the tycoons, the grassroots organisations, the DAB, the Hung Yi Cook, part of the, of the pro-establishment uh, camp. Uh, it seems like these changes are going to be uh, re-aligning uh, uh, a lot of those organisations, reshifting the power... Um, um, how do you see the power changing in future? Um, well, I, I agree with what you just said, but to me the changes put the Communist Party at the core of Hong Kong's political system. 
so it's got we have a huge new role for the liaison office i mean for and it will do the traditional things that the party does on the mainland so vetting appointees to the election committee to legco to the for the CE's position, this is a very important role. Actually, we heard a lot about other vetting things, but the real vetting will go on there. Coordinating and balancing all these competing interests. Central local interests, I think, are going to take a, you know, be very, very much more prominent with the addition of all these mainland entities. And this is probably a good thing. But then there are the interests within Hong Kong. And then the traditional role for the party, which is mobilizing support for the government. So I think and that disciplining the this vastly diverse big group, I mean, the party has got to do this, too. And for me, then, yes, I agree that the local vested interests you mentioned, all of these, will be diluted. And this is probably a good thing if we're interested in decolonialization of Hong Kong. Um, but what it really means is that, you know, it isn't like Carrie Lam says we have no politics. It is the politics moves inside the Communist Party and becomes, as far as I'm concerned, less transparent, less locally accountable. We won't really have be so clear about the things that are going on. But it does require the Hong Kong government to work more closely with mainland entities. This is probably good. To use Communist Party networks, this is probably good. To better understand the party um, and to try to exploit or use, depending on your words, the divisions within it. So. The big winner here is the party. What is your feelings towards the... Uh, um, um, hello, hello, I can... Yes? Speak up, yeah. Can you hear? Yeah, go on. Yes. yes. What is your uh, feelings towards to the, uh, uh, like, like including those uh, local um, uh, community of like like officers um, into the into the game, like those like anti crime committees and and fire preventions, like those people's been working pretty hard in in the local community for quite a year, uh, quite a number of years. Do they? Can I can I ask because yeah. I'm not really familiar with with many of these. Do they they work on fire safety? Like they discuss because that's that caused quite a big issue, especially on the very pretty like old areas where you have like older buildings and uh, um, like 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 the, the, the conditions uh, and the road like safety. Not, not particularly road safety. Okay. Uh, they always have a, like, like I, I never joined those two though, but they have like anti uh, anti crime and like crime preventions and I don't actually know the like, like the English name proper ones, but um and and also fire prevention. So I think mainly it's because like. For instance, in Chimwon, uh, in city downtown, you have uh, quite a, a lot of buildings that was like over 50 years. Then those buildings are quite uh, of a, in, in the old days. I mean, now it's been improved a lot, but in the old days, I mean, all those crimes were happening in those buildings. And uh, it's quite, it caused quite a big community problem. The link between them and the, the Communist Party... That they're, 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 they're loyal. See, that, that is no link. Well, there is. Whatsoever. I mean, you know, no, they're, very, they're very, they're loyalist no, organisations. No, 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 no. They're patriotic no, no, organisations. No, 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 no. That's why they've been they brought in. They are appointed mm. not because they are loyal to whatever party mm -hmm. they are.
are,、mm-hmm. but they are professionals in the local matters. I mean, they, they, they have networks around the, with the people, and they know the community quite well. And they are actually appointed by the district officer. But not community like Communist Party or whatever. I think we have a very the, big you, misunderstanding. But they are patriotic organisations, aren't they? They're well known to be. Okay, well, first of all, first of all, we need to、Front. understand that I mean, being patriotic. No, no, no. Yeah,、mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to argue that. The point is, being patriotic is not something that we should doubt about. I mean, as a person, what's what's the problem, right? But I think linking that directly to, like, patriotic to say communist party is way too much. Putting way too much weight on those people that's been serving the community for twenty, thirty years. A lot of them are inherited by their parents, like like the parents serving the community for quite a long time. Especially in the old days, like three, forty years ago,、um, we don't have so much resources from the government. They were actually putting. Their own money, because like most of them are actually having small businesses,、so、quite successful small businesses in the local areas, and they put money and they put their their manpowers and try to help the, their own community. So it is is the the the、um, the core of that sort of like organisation. But you're、like、never going to get anywhere if we don't face the reality. The reality is that these are organisations that are part of the a network, a grassroots network of organisations that represents the people in the locals.、Mm. It's very important. I think I think we that need are, to that are part of the pro establishment. Camp. Well, how do you define they're, that? They're not. They're, well, they're not I mean, neutral. They're, there are also I mean, it's, people. Well, it's well, fine, but right, right. there are also people that is actually from the incorporate owners and stuff like that, and they're not necessarily supporting the government sometimes. I mean, you have to understand that, especially when a community with like new buildings, like new establishments,、um, their incorporate owners are not not those traditional. They are just not the traditional、mm. ones. They are, they just like they have their own feelings. They have their own views. That's why when we manage、um, areas like like、um, in the middle class areas, like those new buildings. Their incorporate owner is not the way how how you think or or, or, or a lot of people thinks that. Uh, uh, like the government can just order them to do anything. It's not like that. They have their own, they have their own thoughts. It's、mm. not like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes a lot of people sort of had this misconception about how the Communist Party or or how as pro-Dutchman people can actually control the people and control their feelings and and thoughts. It's not. It's not like that. Really, like it. It. It really is like a respect. Game that you talk to them and you communicate with them in a way like it's not it's not like ordering anyone, yeah.、Mm. John Burns. Well, I have to disagree a little bit. Maybe I come down somewhere in the middle between you two. <laughs>、um, but the first thing I would like to point out is they are appointed; they're not elected. So, as with all appointed positions, the You know, the organization that appoints them is the one that has the final say about this, and、um, I think they are also part-time people, as Mitzi said. They are part-time people, and what I see in these changes to our political system is a huge increase in relying on part-time amateur people to take on. New roles. Now, you know, you mentioned these are fire safety or、uh, whatever roles. Yes, yes, of course.、Uh, but that's not what the party is asking of them now.
Now it's asking of something entirely new. So the extent to which the current members would be willing to do this is uh, we don't know. But I do see then on the election committee and on LegCo a huge increase in part-timers. And part-timers, you know, are very busy people, and the extent to which they will be willing to do this um, – I am not sure. The fact that they're appointed, though, me, uh, tells me that the appointing authority, which is the government, and the government is a core part of the uh, uh, power structure here, I mean that the, the government um, can discipline them, can get rid of them, can vet them, you know, um, precisely for this new role, and it will. And you have organisations, there's a story in the South China Morning Post today about, like the China Law Society, which is going to name um, nine new members to the election committee. That's directly under the Communist Party. That's the Communist and Party body. Yes, yeah, of course. This is, this is why when you asked me about it, I started out saying what I said. And, you know, if the members of the... Um, of these organizations that are going to be working under this new framework are terrified of the Communist Party, then they're in the wrong business. They have to, they have to, um, have to understand it. I think this is, uh, I've spent my entire life trying to do this. And so we need, we need, um, understanding of this and not be fearful of this. Uh, but we have to we have to look at what's going on, eyes wide open. So this is where I'm coming from. Why would people need to be terrified of the Communist Party? Okay, so people people have had in Hong Kong. I would say people in Hong Kong have varying degrees of experience with the Communist Party. So older generations came to Hong Kong, and they came here. Uh, fleeing things, uh, I've met many of these people, fleeing things that happened on the mainland, uh, conflicts that happened in the mainland, and all this kind of uh, thing. And so they, and they have relatives there, they know about this. Uh, so it isn't like Hong Kong is a blank slate when it comes to the party. I mean, it's not like some foreign country or whatever. There's many people with experience, number one. The experience and, that you mentioned is pre-reforms, you know, pre isn't it? And also um, with attitudes uh, about this, all, you know, supportive or critical. So, uh, you know, you'll find almost no one who will tell you, gee, the Communist Party, what is that? And I doubt that these uh, part-time members of these committees that you are talking about will um, just say, gee, I have no idea. I think they do. Um, what about um, uh, other kind of developments? What about, for example, this um, the conundrum of the uh, the convener of the uh, of the the election committee that's going to be bringing <laughs> together all these different um, all these different groups? Um, yeah. How important? Because there's, there's this debate now about what Tammy Chung has said about 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 the con the convener. Um, Nixie, I think you asked Siwei uh, <laughs> Lang about this last night. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I think join. a lot of people are concerned about that point and also about how, I mean, one of the 
main topics we're going to discuss today is about, about the poor establishment and how they're going to evolve. And uh, parties like Bohemian parties have been quite quiet. And Professor, what, what do you feel? Like, are they going to replace like the? Sorry, can I ask about the convener? Can I ask about the convener first? Let's talk about the convener. Yes, yes. I mean it's very clear in the in the you know amended documents. It clearly says that the it, the, the convener will be a state leader, and to me, that is CY Loan. So CY or and it could be C.H. Tong, but it's unlikely to be him, as C.Y. will be, um, you know, convening the um, election committee. The election committee has now all of these new functions working very closely. The election committee will be appointing the the bulk of uh, the Legislative Council. Mm. Yes, yes. And And he'll be in charge of the election committee. Yes, yes, yes. Will he be Carrie Lamb's boss? Again? What? <laughs> will he be Carrie Lamb's boss? Will Will he be the boss? Will he be the boss of Carrie Lamb? Does he want to be the next CE? I mean, oh why, yeah, but why, I know I he mean, does. But is this is this an alternative? If he, is, if he is the convener of the election committee, but strange things happen in politics. So, so um, the boss of Carrie Lamb is Lo Ning and the people in Beijing. So. Um, he would be working closely with Lo Hui Ning for sure on all of this because the real work of vetting, coordinating, balancing, disciplining, and mobilizing is going to be done in the liaison office. It just has a, a much more expanded role, so he'll be working very closely with them. Will he be the, the, the point man then? Will he be the, the, uh, the you know, representing the liaison office? Uh, in Hong Kong. No, 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 no. Lo Wei-Ning represents the liaison mm. office very well. Mm. I mean, he's he's an advisor to one of these, uh, you know, security committees so that the CE chairs. So I don't think we should get ahead of ourselves here. This is, uh, this is, um, this, uh, you know, it's up to the Communist Party in Hong Kong to ensure that this is seamlessly implemented. And it's working closely with the Hong Kong government on this. I saw new websites and all this yesterday uh, put up, not exactly up-to-date websites, but I saw them. And so, you know, the government and the party are doing whatever they can to roll this out without... uh, with, with as little fuck as possible. Do, do, I mean, would you see, like, see why, you know, makes a statement about, you know, an issue about, you know, B&O passport holders or something and their voting rights or something like that, and then and then and within a couple of days the government sort of kind of implements that and Carrie Lam says, yes, this is a great idea. Would you see the sort of... We're the, already seeing that. Mm. So, so... Um, yes and no, there's still kind of I mean, differences. Well, I, Yes. So if he becomes the convener of the election committee, then this is a new formal role for him. And I think they have to be sure that the election committee, Lechko and the government, are saying the same thing. I think this is an attempt to align Lechko with the government and ensure what CY has wanted and what the basic law uh, promised, according to Deng Xiaoping, executive-led government. So we will have 
we will have the, a new Let's Go, maybe a vastly streamlined and simplified Let's Go, because all of these part-timers do not have time to mess around in panels and all that kind of thing. So, um, you know, the Let's Go could, uh, could be streamlined. I think he will maybe be speaking out less i don't know but that's not the why that i know what what about as nixie mentioned the 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 new parties you know principally the the bauhinia party which kind of popped up and of nowhere of nowhere it's kind of (laughs) acting slightly like a ghost i mean we've tried to have them on this program and got no reply and so on and they pop up from time to time and do interviews but i think no one quite knows what's going on there yes i mean i think now we have a huge increase of appointees, right? Appointees in the election committee, appointees in Let's Go. Huge increase. And so they will come from people who either are affiliated with the Bohemia Party or should be affiliated very quickly with the Bohemia Party. Um, to, and I think it will have a role, again, in uh, coordinating, balancing, mobilizing, and supporting the government inside Let's Go. Will it replace uh, DAB then? Will it be in competition uh-huh. with the DAB? Now, the Bohemia Party has no experience of winning elections. One thing the DAB is very good at, as Mitty, I'm sure, will tell us, is <laughs> winning elections. And so... There are still in this arrangement. There are twenty seats. You know, district elections. There are twenty seats up mm-hmm. for grabs in these uh, kind of elections. There are also some kind of voting um, inside uh, some of these functional constituencies. Although, what I observe there, I don't think there's so much role for people for dissent because the. these new arrangements balance very carefully the elected and the appointed element um, in those. So, yes, um, I would urge the DAB to be discussing very closely with the Bohemia Party um, and explaining its experience of winning elections. It's very good at this. So... um, If we can uh, find them. (laughs) (laughs) So the so so you'd see the Bohemia Party to be I mean when they talked about two hundred and fifty thousand members or something, that those are so they wouldn't have to win an election. They could have. Um, oh no 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 no! They won't stand for election. I guess. Okay, they'll just be I a mean, party of be, appointees. They, they will be the appointees. I mean, um, many of them. I would have thought would these appointees will come from either to the election committee or to LegCo. Mm. What about the tycoons? A lot of kind of speculation <laughs> on, on, on the tycoons. Of course, they're, they're, they're a disparate lot as well, aren't they? And, and Lee Kai-Shing you must, is not the you same. You must as... know that I've railed against the tycoons for well, a everyone long time does, yeah. this show. And so e- everyone hates them, but somehow... <laughs> yeah. I'm, pl- I'm pleased to see that the tycoons and the Hongi Cook and things like this, they will have their influence diluted. I think this is absolutely clear. And, it, it, you know, they will, they are sharing constituencies with um, mainland-based um, organizations. And I think... Certainly they, diluted in the functional constituencies, yeah. 
Yeah, the 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 hungry cook is is uh, hasn't been touched though. I mean, it's it's been watered down because there's there's more there's more members, but the actual size of the the, the hungry cook uh, in in the election committee is is the same. Uh, yeah, I yeah. agree about the tycoons because a lot of the um, functional constituencies have been reformed, haven't they? Yes, they have, and so I think they will have um, they will just have less uh, power than previously. Uh, and so. Will the tycoons really have less power? I believe so. Um, in Hong Kong, we don't really have class politics very much. And so, you know, I don't know, the DAB could mobilize the people against the tycoons, but we tend not to do that. Mm. Um, and uh, I think the tycoons will... They know who's the boss and where the interest, where their interests lie, and so they. I expect them to play their role. Hmm. So, do you think like some of the other parties might reform their members or or their strategy? Like you know, like like DAB is more like a like a everybody's party, but you know, yes. some other parties are different. Yeah. Sorry, in in thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if they want to win elections, then I think they must. Um, but maybe they will just stay out of the electoral competition, too. Hmm. Leave it to the DAB. <laughs> or Bohemia Party. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, Bohemia, it doesn't, it doesn't do that. I mean, they, they you know, it, except it's a, a pointy, a, mostly appointments, I would guess. Mm. Okay. Well, John Burns, many thanks for joining us. Emeritus Professor, Honorary Professor in the Department of Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Many thanks for uh, joining us. Chris Young will be joining us after the news at nine. We're also going to be talking about uh, latest developments uh, in Myanmar. We hope to be talking to uh, an advocate uh, there and uh, talking to a uh, resident uh, in Hong Kong from uh, Myanmar. The weather forecast, uh, sunny periods, isolated showers at first, 27 degrees at the latest readings, and the relative humidity is now up at 81%. Back in three minutes. A Thursday morning, although it's the uh, last one of this uh, Easter week. Uh, your co-host today is uh, Nixie Lamb. My name is Hugh Jewish, and we're talking, continuing to talk about uh, electoral changes and uh, the uh, pro-establishment. We were joined in the first part of the programme by Professor John Burns. Later, we're also going to be talking about uh, developments uh, in Myanmar. OK, quite a few kind of uh, comments. Uh, as ever, contrasting. Uh, OK, uh, let's start with uh, Facebook. TC says, re-Nix's definition of patriotism. There's nothing wrong with patriotism itself. The problem is equating love for one's country with a country's governing party. In the United States, one can be patriotic while opposing the person or party occupying the White House. Can this happen in the People's Republic of China? Henry says, newspaper reported that even the pro-establishment camp is not patriotic enough and the DAB has prior to the announcement of the bill that they would change their role from monitoring the government to development people that are capable of governing Hong Kong. The recent articles by FTU chairman also signify new focus. One may say it's a new era for the pro-establishment camp. As for inclusion of groups like anti-crime or police, I think it's normal. Look at the crimes done in riot days. Why should not the police be represented? I guess we are just not used to that, whereas in Beijing we see PLA representation in the two sessions. We need to be open and not boxed in old paradigms. The future is not what it used to be. 
Henry also says, one must be clear that having appointed members is nothing bad. In Western countries, many senators, MPs are elected, but in countless cases, they overpromise and underdeliver and work for the benefit of their parties or themselves that may be at odds with the interests of their countries. Ted Cruz holidayed in Mexico while his constituency suffered disaster, but he suffered nothing for his care for Texas in crisis shows voting is not a panacea. China's remarkable achievement shows that having appointed members that really care and work for the people matter much more than the number of votes obtained mere voting democracy is a superficial thing uh that's uh, from henry there's some more comments from uh, henry on our, on our facebook page which you're uh, welcome to uh read uh among the emails uh matthew says nixie is being deliberately misleading by saying there's nothing wrong with being a patriot but she knows full well that in ccp speak patriot describes one who does not question the ccp or their claim to eternal one-party rule it has nothing to do with loving china nixie if i love the country of china it's people history and culture but i feel chairman xi has taken both the country and party in the wrong direction and that the country and party would be better off without him and a one-party dictatorship could i be considered a patriot from the perspective of the ccp uh alan says uh your guest uh nixie insisting that all these community uh, committees are totally unpolitical these are all completely controlled and restricted to ccp loyalists if you're not a ccp supporter you can't even talk to these people if you try to make a submission on any topic (laughs) you you will be ignored meanwhile all the district councillors who will not count out the ccp are being purged from office this is totally political that comes uh, from uh alan so you deny that? No. You have to really know the people. I encourage them to maybe like, just join those committee and try to contribute more to understand the whole situation. <laughs> okay. Uh, Simon says, uh, since a couple of comments from Simon, uh, since the next CE will be CY Lung, uh, surely the convener will be Carrie Lam, who will be promoted for her loyalty <laughs> and patriotism to a new state role. Surprise twist there, Simon. Uh, uh, who also says, uh, Dear Hugh, further to my email yesterday, the Communist Party is the core of China and has done great things for the Chinese people. Why does Nixie think they should not directly help Hong Kong people? Why is she so defensive when you mention One the party? One country, two system. <laughs> okay. uh, what is wrong with Communist Party rule in Hong Kong? Well, it's, it's one country, two system. Come on. Okay. And um, Brian says, uh, following the document re-improvement, the iOS of the LegCo system... Uh, Re, it's frequently asked question four. I wish to ask Nixie, does she love our country, China, and does she love the Chinese Communist Party? I love my country. Why not? Why don't you love your own country? I got I got asked that question quite a lot, which is weird. Anyway, (laughs) and do you and does do you love the Chinese Communist Party? Why Why do I have to specifically love the party? I'm not a member or anything like that. I mean, I love my country. And uh, do they like like they never ask whether they like the um, the party of the United States or anything like that? <laughs> can, can you love the country and not love the party? Why not? In Hong Kong, one country, two system. I think that that clearly states. I actually actually uploaded a video explaining that whole concepts. Well, in Cantonese, uh, in in Hong Kong, my, it, it's that, that you you just don't betray or just do crazy things like asking people to sanction your cities or sanction your country. Then that, that's totally fine. Okay. Our number is 233 88266. You can email Uh Chris Young, a political analyst, chief writer of Citizen News, joins us now. Mr. Young, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Hugh. 
Nixie. Thank you very much indeed for for, for joining us. Um, so uh, we were just sort of talking about um, some of the different elements in in the pro-establishment uh, camp and how they might be realigned and things might be shifted under these new electoral uh, arrangement. What do you see as the most important kind of uh, changes uh, that will follow from these new election laws? Uh, first, I think the, the changes of our election system, I think, are so drastic and, uh, and, and, and I would say comprehensive. From very fundamental principles, like um, the vetting, the vetting mechanism, I think it's totally different from the previous system uh, under which uh, and, and civil servants as election officers mm. will conduct um, the um, qualification uh, checking. But mm. now it's a highly and, and multi-layer of, um, I would say, political vetting by um, national security people in both um, Hong Kong police and um, the uh, National uh, Security Committee uh, in which, say, uh, top million officials here will be involved. And then ultimately by by a committee of principal officials. That is uh, to totally different. Mm. And secondly, and um, the um, I think the, the, the kind of political inclination or political purpose of this uh, electoral overhaul is just so clear uh, that uh, to keep the um, element of democracy, uh, which I would define as, say, the role of, um, say, uh, eligible voters, uh, involved in the electoral process will be will now be um, reduced to a very um, minimal level, I would say, cosmetic level, and now more elements of um, government appointment. Uh, we discussed earlier about all these uh, government uh, committees in districts, like fire safety, and uh, that, that's the fifth sector. The fifth sector in the election uh, committee, basically are all government appointees by government here and in um, mainland, main, uh, main, mainland China. So um, those are fundamental changes and uh, which raise questions about the basic principle of Hong Kong people ruling Hong Kong. Now, basically, it's, uh, they, uh, we mentioned earlier, uh, communist uh, ruling Hong Kong, I would say now is um, uh, it, it, we, we, are, we are quite close to that now. Is Beijing, the central government, uh, directing um, the, 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 um, um, the, the election system, the political system? You, you, I mean, you, you mentioned those five sectors. You're going to have an interesting situation uh, where, because you've got to get nominations, you've got to get support from each of those sectors, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. So. Does that mean, how is that going to happen? That that suggests to me that there's going to be somebody or one source kind of centralising and coordinating that. Basically, you, you have to know have to know what's happening in other sectors. I think the, the, the lyrics of it is to sort of understand not only staying in your own circle, but to step out and convene those people, like convince those people that you are eligible. So you've got a network across all the different sectors? Yeah, I think it's, it's a bit like... Or, or, will there be, or the, will there be one person who says this person is clear? It's not going to be like that, I think. I mean, I think the 
it's it's like an encouragement for you to step out of your circle and try to talk to people that is out of your circle and try to understand the whole situation of Hong Kong. I mean, if you're only staying in your 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 tier, then it's very hard to have a holistic understanding of Hong Kong and and set down the rules or or legislation and things like that. Mm. That's that's well, that's my understanding. Christian, well, um, the uh, I, I would say the the most important criteria for those. Uh, uh, um, subsectors or, or, or sectors in uh, making the nominations will be will be will, will be highly political. Will be highly political. What about the uh, professionals? I mean, uh, the, the, well, what about the professionals? I mean, uh, if you look at the IT sector, sector where they change to uh, like innovation base and stuff like that, it seems like the um, well, uh, like a lot of people are saying, well, we're, we we need to play less politics and more on economics developments or future developments of Hong Kong. That's why, hence the the professional people in each sector were appointed. And w- what's your views on that? Argument between say um, uh, less politics, mm. more economy. Um, I think they back to um, perhaps uh, the first term uh, administration. I think uh, the then chief executive Tong. Mm-hmm. I think that long, long time ago that um, uh, uh, I think they, they try to differentiate or separate between Hong uh, politics and and other economic life deal issues. I, I don't think that really. Uh, it's a constructive debate. I think the electrical, the, the, uh, that's, a, that's um, a, a part of the political institution, um, in a sense, is, is, is political. Political is not a scene, not sinister. I think it's, it's, for, it's for the society to resolve this bill. Yeah, but you need to have a sort of balance out of it, right? Basically, you see endless like, filibustering and uh, what happens in 2019 and things like that. It's, it sort of go, go out of hands, and maybe that's why it tends to change. I think the problems we, we, we saw in the process of, say, let's go or uh, the, the, the system... I think those, uh, of course, uh, that um, perhaps uh, that need to be discussed and uh, addressed in the society. Mm. Um, if, say, uh, certain uh, well, elected representatives uh, are, are, are being seen as troublemakers and um, uh, disrupting the system, they will be kicked out uh, in the next round of election. I think this round of uh, this process of election. Overall, the biggest problem is that um, it's a total misjudgment on um, uh, what happened in 2019 district council elections. The Chinese government, uh, say, considered as um, that's a vote of um, subversion. Um, They want to overthrow the government Uh, uh, after, well, 10 plus or maybe nine nine more steps, uh, which which might never happen. But but it might happen. Of, it's a, it's quite a constructive um, plan. You think, you, you think that, to announce that so-called, publicly. That so-called uh, uh, ten-step uh, plan will will will, uh, will will happen. Then why put out the plan if it's not a plan? Well, you you can raise any plans. I mean, you can write articles by announcing. Uh, and, and, and why 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 we have the border? Uh, someone. Uh, uh, I mean, having, you can't, you can't tune down the and, plan. And, and think that uh, everyone will follow his advice. Uh, are, are you sure that's uh, what Hong Kong people will do? Well, I we mean, can't I, be sure about anything, right? But have, having well, a proper I, I, plan exactly, like that, I, mean, I don't think any I mean, government I mean, will I mean, allow. I, mean, exactly I don't think anyone this will exactly allow. The problem. Mm. 
that the Chinese government no longer trusts the Hong Kong people in making uh, their uh, their sensible decisions and, and well, first of all, as first as of all, I don't think they represent a hundred percent of the Hong Kong people, so it's not accurate to use you, you Hong know, Kong Nixie, people Nixie, as a context. The has participated in all sorts of elections. I assume that you agree that there's a fair and election that you guys participate. The, the one in 2019, where I have death threat, I don't think it's a fair election, come on. I mean, it's a fair election looking from your side, but I received that threat. No, no, My information was posted all online and stuff like that. <laughs> you don't have a no, side, no. really? <laughs> your founding chairman, Zhang Yuxing, said after the district council elections that uh, he accepted the result wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I accept the result too because we, we, we respect it, but that doesn't mean it's a fair game. I mean, look at the, 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 the crazy well, move that was going on during the The Electoral Affairs Commission did say it was, a, it, they said it was a great success. They said it was fair and they said it was very good. They were very happy with it. Well, I'm telling you, as a person that was actually involved, it's not a fair game. It's a bitter loser if you participate in election and then you fail. I mean, I respect. No, I respect the, the result. I mean, I respect the result, but it's it's just not it's not a normal situation for any candidates to be in. Can I can I ask you, Chris? Um, yeah. Just just to just to move back to the to the pro establishment camp. You know, we were just kind of ticking off yeah. the those those different groups. Um, um, we were talking to John Burns. One of the things was the role of the convener. What do you make about that? Because there seems to be uncertainty at the moment about who will take the job and what the job will actually involve. What what's your reading? I think that's exactly the problem. I would say uh, under our system in Hong Kong, we we, we know the rules of the games clearly. Uh, what the role is uh, with a new, well, uh, pretty uh, 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 senior post, uh, uh, even senior or, 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 or even more senior than the chief executive. Uh, this is just uh, un unbelievable that uh, under the basic law, uh, the chief executive is supposed to be the head of uh, Hong Kong, not just head of a uh, government. But the right is coming from the central government. So... Yeah. <laughs> so the chief convener represents the central government, you mean? Well, well, so that's about the, that's right. about the chief executive, you're right? Mm -hmm. Do you think, uh, you, you, are you suggesting that uh, the chief convener is kind of between the chief executive and the central government? So that's a super chief, chief executive. That's not in the basic law. Are they going to be? That's not even in the Chinese constitution. The Chinese constitution... Uh, Article 23, and then we have the basic law, and then the basic law, in the basic law, the CE is the head of government, head of SAR. But then, but now you have someone above the chief executive. So, so I, 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 I honestly don't understand, uh, uh, uh why we have this, um, chief convener. I mean, uh, that's a very interesting, uh, title. And, and we never heard that before, and we have never heard, heard that before. And uh, uh, I, 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 that, that's something new in the uh, NPC Standing Committee well, well, uh, changes. As you say, it's not quite clear at the moment. Some people say that that that, that, uh, that person will only uh, have a role to play uh, when there are problems with the election process and only kind of step in at times of emergency. Is that how you see it? Uh, exactly. I think, uh, as I said at the very beginning, 
that the Chinese government don't even have a degree of trust in the system, in, in the system, in this uh, correction mechanism. And, um, uh, and, and that, that's, um, I, I'm not sure what they have in mind. I mean, they kind of... So, so who, but, okay, so who in Hong Kong will they trust? Who in Hong Kong will they give uh, well, now, autonomy to, or will they give power to? Well, uh, now they say the chief, chief convener will be uh, someone with state leader status. So that, that, that there are only two persons in Hong Kong who have that uh, status. Uh, the two uh, former CE, uh, Mr. Tong and uh, Mr. Mr. Leung. And um, it's a, I would say it's a, um, I think it's really difficult to, 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 to understand. Uh, why they are worried that, um, uh, well, there might be scenario that uh, basically saying that the, Hong, the, the, the election system is uh, out of control and then you have some, you need to have someone to, to manage the situation. But what exactly they are, and um, um, I think we, uh, we, we should have a, we should be given a clear idea. Otherwise, otherwise it will become, as I said, a super CE. Okay. Well, uh, Chris Young, many thanks for joining us, political Thank analyst you. and chief writer with uh, Citizen News. Uh, one more comment. This is from Doug, uh, who says, Dear Backchat, it appears odd that appointed bodies like fire safety committees are to be involved in the new election committee because they represent local interests, but district councillors, who are elected by local people, are to be excluded. That comes uh, from uh, Doug. Thanks very much indeed uh, for those comments. Once again, backchat at rthk.hk uh, is our email address. I want to turn finally today... And and um, this week, to uh, the latest uh, in uh, Myanmar, the uh, United Nations Special Envoy uh, on the country uh, told the session of the Security Council that a bloodbath is imminent because of the military's intensified crackdown on uh, anti-coup uh, protesters. This is after 140 civilians died in protests uh, on Saturday. And uh, now uh, opponents of the uh, military, the new military government, have uh, posed a, a challenge to uh, the ruling uh, junta, uh, putting forward an interim charter to replace um, the constitution. Uh, for comment, uh, we're joined now by uh, Isan, who's a, a seven-year resident in Hong Kong from Myanmar and a research assistant at the uh, University of Hong Kong Centre of Applied uh, English Studies. Good morning to you. Morning. Thank Hi. you. Very Thanks for having me back. Yeah, nice to talk to you again. Thank you very much indeed. So we saw these ter these terrible scenes at uh, at the the weekend. Um, yeah. you, you know, there was hope that that, that uh, things would calm down in Myanmar. Uh, that doesn't seem to be happening. Uh, what's your reading of of what's going on and latest developments? So yeah, like you said, the protesters are staying out on the streets to fight the crackdown. In some area, it's so bad that they are using grenades and grenade launchers to crack down the protester. But um, and also in ethnic areas, like in Kachin State, the fighting has resumed, and thousands of people are forced out of their homes uh, to flee to, uh, to neighboring countries. And from as of now, most people are resorted. Most people believe fighting back is the only way to win. So a lot of the people in Myanmar are talking about forming a federal army, which consists of ethnic arms organizations. So I think from here on, uh, this is 
what is um, very likely to happen uh, or a civil war. So, yeah. Uh, can uh, uh, I mean yeah okay civil war the prospect of civil war of course is, is a terrible one um, uh, I mean one question is can all the, those different ethnic groups they, they very often in Myanmar's past and present kind of have their own interests and pull in different directions can they be united do you think in, yeah. in that way I think that's the biggest challenge that we have to face or like the CRPH which is the uh, it's that it's our government, uh, sort of, uh, like a parallel to the State Security Council formed by the army. They are, uh, they have announced yesterday that they have scrapped the 2008 constitution, which is the, the constitutions that um, we've been following the last 10 years. And now they are uh, say, promising to bring federal, um, federal, system to the country and that they are going to try and unite the ethnic um, armed group. So far, what we are seeing, uh, the responses we are seeing from the ethnic army, even um, even the ones that are that have been silenced are speaking out now, uh, condemning the, the military for brutal crackdown. So people are very hopeful. I think for now, and that this, for once, um, everyone is now seeing the army as the common enemy, and hopefully maybe that will bring uh, all these uh, different ethnic armed groups together. But yes, it is basically a lot of um, stress issues that need to be resolved uh, which has resulted uh, from since the day the British were gone. So it is basically a lot of uh, things to unpack. So it's gonna it's still gonna be a long way. But the urgent the urgency here right now is to to win to win uh, against the army. So hopefully that will bring all of us together. What part would you like the United Nations and uh, the international community to play in this? Do you think they should stay out of it, or do you think that they could contribute to, to peace? Well, I think what... I, I personally don't know what our speakers uh, do, aside from putting uh, sanctions to those uh, military generals. They can also give... Uh, legitimacy to to CRPH, which is the government body that people people support by giving them by giving them this mandate to rule or uh, to govern. They would uh, their work with the ethnic armed group and their legitimacy would uh, would really help them with their dialogue with the ethnic armed group and other other countries uh, to help us in this cause and also at the same time isolate um, the 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 agenda and uh, their state security council yeah 
We we did talk also about um, uh, uh, violence towards uh, Chinese-run businesses uh, in Myanmar and, and worrying signs uh, there. Um, has, has that calmed down to any extent? And uh, among the among the protesters, uh, what is the feeling towards towards China and China's presence in, in the country? I think there's a lot of mistrust toward China in, um, in Myanmar because China has been the ally even before the... Uh, China has been close to the military even before democratic transition. So they believe a lot of people believe China wouldn't veto and go against um, go against the will of the people in the Security Council, and the, China doesn't have the um, would not stand with people. That is what that is why they like to well they like to see a strong stand from China to support the people. And I think that was their way of um, provoking China, which is very dangerous. And we've been seeing, recently we've been seeing a lot of anti-Chinese sentiment in the country as well. But for now, I think a lot of people on social media, after what happened uh, with the factory burning, a lot of people on social media are warning each other of not provoking China, of course. Uh, for even now, China has been very diplomatic with how they are responding to this coup. Um, so we still, we still haven't received any sort of um, a, a U-turn statement or strong stance from China. They are still very much uh, no interference, very much uh, this is a internal affairs uh, with the yeah so I don't know what else we can expect from China Okay. Yeah. Isan, many thanks for joining us. Uh, Isan, a, a seven-year resident in Hong Kong from Myanmar and, uh, and a research assistant at the Hong Kong U- uh, Centre of Applied uh, English Studies. Nick, you've got time for one more question? Yeah. Okay. Because all the questions <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Simon, uh, Simon says, um, uh, has the mainland or Hong Kong done more in the last 20 years to improve their people's livelihood? Why should Hong Kong not benefit in the same way as the mainland? The MPC have found and corrected errors and loopholes in the basic law. Would Nick C support an MPCSC decision to improve the basic law by introducing socialism with Chinese characteristics in Hong Kong? If no, why not? I think this is a point Simon kind of made before. Why not? Why not let? Why not have one system, I guess? It says clearly in the basic law, it says one country, two system. I think uh, maybe Simon needs to re-read re, <laughs> re the uh, basic law to try to understand the whole situation. I mean, we don't have that much time to for me to explain. More. Okay, yeah, we, we are out of time. All <laughs> yeah. right. James says, April the 1st, maybe it's all a joke. I'm 50, I've lived here for half my life, and for the first time, I'm overwhelmingly depressed by these recent developments. I guess we're going to return to the glory days of the 70s and 80s. Corrupt rural 
illegal community groups and illegal buildings. Triads back controlling small businesses and corruption within the police force being tolerated. I expect the increasingly little referred to ICAC will soon be scrapped or just become another department under the all-powerful Commissioner of Police. Well, I have to start bribing Hugh to get my emails read out. That comes uh, from uh, James. Uh, Paul says, uh, Chief Convener is Party Secretary... Uh, question mark and Bowen says how Nixie just conflated the 2019 district council elections not having been a normal situation for her to be in as a candidate with the election not having been very been fair is very indicative of her logic such as it is candidates in fair elections sometimes get rejected not totally because of their personal performance or qualities but because of the side they represent for example voters in general elections in the UK theoretically vote for the post of the MP representing their constituency but of course in some but not all elections a candidate may be rejected by the electorate because they are a candidate of the Labour, Conservative or some other party. That is uh, from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed for everyone who uh, contributed um, this morning for all your uh, thoughtful emails and uh, Facebook comments. We're going to be back on Wednesday. Yeah, a long holiday. Uh, so uh, enjoy the Easter and uh, Qingming. Uh, leaving you now with the latest weather. Sunny periods forecast for today. Some isolated showers around at first and then hot with temperatures up to 30 degrees. Yeah, it looked persistently hot with sunny periods over the weekend and windier early next week. 27 degrees at the moment, relative humidity now at 76%. When ordering an LPG cylinder, do you know how to select an LPG cylinder distributor? LPG cylinder distributors that meet safety performance requirements are now rated and categorized into three levels, gold, silver and bronze. With a rating system, buying an LPG cylinder is safe and easy. For details, please visit the Electrical and Mechanical Services Department website at www.emsd.gov.hk. 9.33, the news now with Todd Harding. Hong Kong's point man on COVID vaccinations, Patrick Nip, says he expects BioNTech jabs to resume here early next week. They were suspended just over a week ago because of concerns about the packaging of some of the vaccine vials. President Biden has unveiled a two trillion U.S. dollar infrastructure plan, describing it as the largest investment in American jobs since the Second World War. He told union members in Pittsburgh that his proposals would modernize roads and bridges and create climate initiatives, creating millions of jobs. And China has again rejected attempts to sanction the military leaders of Myanmar at an emergency meeting of the UN Security Council. Its envoy said the move would only aggravate tensions. The emergency meeting was called by Britain after more than 100 protesters opposed to February's coup were killed on Saturday. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer. Great interpreter of Beethoven. As well. oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, it's not really for kids. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. The cipher of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. Inter interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you and welcome. 